The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is no substitute for professional care by your doctor or your qualified healthcare professional. Never disregard or delay professional medical advice because of something you've heard on this podcast or in any linked material. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Shirley neither endorses nor opposes any particular opinion discussed on this podcast. The views expressed on this podcast have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, practice, institution, or other entity with which Dr. Shirley may be affiliated. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty. This podcast is curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD, as the definitive source of holistic wellness through beauty. Welcome back to the Forever Fab Podcast. Dr. Saeed, sometimes we're stuck in the past and the present may be too difficult to even deal with and clearly the future is uncertain. So how do you suggest that we stay grounded in the present moment? Mm -hmm. Gratitude, which we talked about earlier, is really important in staying in the moment. Um, Being appreciative for whether it's water, your health, working limbs, loved ones, um, I think is really grounding and keeps you in the moment and keeps you from like your head on a swivel of what else you could have or that you could be doing. And also coming to understand that you can simultaneously be accepting of the moment and be grounded in the present while wanting things to be different. And you you do have to try and manage both. And of course, 2020 was a real challenge with that of like everyone, like I just want this to be over. I want life to be back to normal. I want this to stop, but I have to make peace with today. Yes. Whether it is my behaviors, my habits, um, not letting things get too loose, trying to fight for a sense of productivity at my home desk, all of those making, making, coming to understand that those things are vital and essential because any other way isn't sustainable. But yes, you can want things to be different or have hope for, for something else in the future. Well stated. And for those who try really hard but feel as if they need some assistance or some help, what resources would you recommend that people turn to for seeking help? So, I mean, obviously, well, it's going to be obvious that (laughs) I am an advocate of getting mental health. Like, Mm -hmm. if you think you need mental health support, get it, right? Because that is the only thing that makes sense. If you are wondering if you should go see someone for your chest pain, you should go see someone for your chest pain, right? Mm -hmm. And it's funny because so I get the question of a lot of like, well, what can I do if I need mental health support as if you should not just go get mental health support? And the question of what should I do if I break my ankle? It wouldn't be a question. It was like, what do you think you should do? 
Yeah. So that I know mental health is not quite there, but we need to move in the direction of don't sit on it. Don't yeah. wait. I even am waiting for the day when a mental health checkup becomes part of the list of screenings and checkups, like with your mammogram and everything else that you should be getting routinely, especially as psychiatry advances, we're learning so much about how the mind and body are connected. Absolutely. Um, and how being depressed affects wound healing and it yes. affects your immune system. Not to mention it's gonna affect how well you're able to monitor your blood sugars or remember to take your medication. And so there is no separation. Trying to take a take care of one without the other is that's not right. a thing. But I know we're not there as a culture and that's not where the dialogue is, but yeah. we need to, to move in the direction of don't sit home and rub like you know, herbal remedies on your broken ankle. Right. You know, go get the best care that you can afford, that your insurance covers, and that you have access to. And I believe the same is true for mental health support. Absolutely. It's very interesting that, and I'm a huge advocate of holistic health. I mean, not just holistic beauty, which I know is part of my, you know, uh, brand, but true holistic health and wellness. And I find it fascinating that we are open to taking care of different parts of the body, eyes, you know, nose, heart, etc. And we often forget the brain, knowing that, you know, mental health is not just the brain, it's other things, the psyche, your soul, your spirit, etc. But we, we tend to forget that, you know, yeah. the brain is still part of the body and needs a attention. Yeah. I mean, there's stigma, which is mm -hmm. a, a big thing. Um, and then there's also like, the concept of a depressed person as being mm -hmm. someone who's at home in a robe surrounded by cats and, you know, as a bonbons. Exactly. As opposed to someone who's like, you know, has a, a high position or is like making deals or whatever. It's like, there has to be this, you know, the concept mm -hmm. of a depressed person can be, anywhere and doing yeah. anything that it's not a respecter um, of persons. But the dialogue around mental health, in, in my opinion, there's this message of this DYI approach to mental health, where as for, for cardiac health, for example, yes, there's an understanding of what you should eat or maybe some supplements that might be helpful, but nowhere is the cardiologist or your primary care doctor cut out of the picture. Right. And for some reason, this idea of like mental health being exercise and nutrition and sleep and meditation and gratitude journals and self-help books, true, but yes. cutting out the mental health care provider, it, it's it's not logical and it's not yeah. like a full 360 approach. Whereas everything has to be churning in order to achieve real wellness. Yeah. And speaking of wellness, do you believe there is a difference between mental health and mental wellness? Well, I guess I would say yes. Mental health being like the the more my the more clinical way of approaching it, that mental mm -hmm. health, including a variety of illnesses, access to care, maybe medication and a treatment plan. Whereas mental wellness is 
everyone has a mental wellness issue, even though right. not everyone has a mental health issue, because mental wellness is everyone's job to stay on top of and be constantly reaching for, especially in these um, complicated times where everything that's going on with the economy and with, you know, jobs and the pandemic, where you can't address those things without thinking about how is this going to land on a person's psyche and what's it yeah. what's going to do? And we're of course still finding out. The initial statistics are kind of grim yeah. about increase in all sorts of things. All sorts of things. <laughs> divorce, domestic abuse, yes. abuse. Suicide, yes. Yeah. If everyone, if each and every one of us has a responsibility, I'll use the word responsibility um, to ourselves, for maintaining and investing in our own mental wellness as opposed to mental health per se, mm -hmm. then what are some of the, yes, you know, DIY practices that we can use to keep our mentality well mm -hmm. and healthy um, and still um at a point where we are able to recognize that if we needed help, we need to take that next step. So what are some of the things that we can do to help maintain, you know, a sort of steady state level of mental wellness? Yeah. So like we were saying that there is no divide between physical health and, and mental wellness. And so if we start from the biology end of things, I advocate so strongly, especially, like I said, people's daily routine being so disrupted that adequate sleep is still essential, adequate unbroken sleep. And by unbroken, not like naps here yeah. and there. Um, and a good, logical, sustainable eating plan that contains food groups and green things, water, keeping substances to a minimum, um, because we'll take alcohol, for example, I'm not vilifying alcohol, but alcohol combined with a pandemic, mm. persistent anxiety, lack of external structure, boredom, um, that's not a great combination. Right. Um, and so minding those things and keeping behaviors and habits that are sustainable is truly important. Um, getting help, of course, if mm. you um, think you need it, but also the same way you would set aside time for exercise, your meal preps, your skin routine, there should be a wellness routine, even mm. if it is something like I was saying, you know, while you're in the shower or brushing your teeth, taking control of your mind at that time and thinking whether it's thinking about gratitude, thinking optimistic things about the future, making sure that you are not having self-deprecating, derogatory, mean um, mm. conversations with yourself. You're yeah. not saying things to yourself that you would never say to another person. Right. I think that's kind of easy, just throw it on top because when you're doing that other thing that your mind is off wandering, you could take control of that time um, and really make it work for you and 
really make it so that you can use those minutes on advancing yourself and advancing your life. Right. Well, I could talk to you for so much longer, but I know you have things to do, people to help, a life to live. So as this podcast begins to come to a close, let's shift gears a little bit and uh, introduce a little levity to a very heady but important topic, which I thank you deeply for. The next question is, um, if I were to come over and look into, uh, or just look at your overall arsenal, your wellness arsenal, um, and not just wellness practices, but like wellness arsenal, what would I find? Would I find candles or incense or what would I find? And, and, and how do you spend a day or what do you do, for example, after you spent a day listening to challenging uh, circumstances, what do you do as part of this wellness arsenal for you to not absorb any of that, you know, negative mm-hmm. energy? Good question. So in my wellness arsenal would definitely be my Peloton bike. Um, <laughs> I have an extensive collection of spices and oils and all that because that's like people know me and that's what I get for gifts now. Like I'll yeah. like olive oil and spices for yeah. my birthday and for Christmas. Nice. Um, because I love to cook and that is something tactile and the smells and tastes and I'm really yeah. good at it and I consider just nurturing myself and other people in a way that doesn't involve like that instant quick fix of takeout. Yes. Um, um, also, I do love a good skincare regime. Um, <laughs> and so my, my cosmetic you know, moisturizer thing is, yeah. I yeah. wouldn't want anyone to see it because it would be like, <laughs> I'm not crazy. I know all of these. <laughs> I would have to defend myself. Uh, so would I. Oh, I think but, you and I have a lot in common. Oh boy, the cabinets, multiple yeah. cabinets filled it with works. stuff that I could barely use in one year, but I need all of it. All of it. All of it. <laughs> um, so that I'm really into. And that is like, I mean, we joke about it, but it's it's good because, again, it's a good practice holding on to, to that routine. But it's nurturing. You're, you're loving on yourself. You're touching yourself. It's just for you. Um, it's for – it's – Skincare is feels good and it's for the moment, but it's also for this idea of it's for the big picture. Yeah. So it's for like, it's for five years from now. It's for yep. two years from now, next week. It's I, an investment. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of love all that Yeah. Um, stuff. And I'm notoriously yeah. frugal about like anything, but cause I'm like, but you know, yeah, it could be stolen and rot away and you could yeah, move yeah. But with skincare, I'm like, yeah, that's where. Yeah, know. that's where you spend it. That's what I tell myself anyway. <laughs> Wasn't it? I think there's um, a con. I can't remember. It's called How to Spend It. Uh-huh. And I, yeah, anyway, so skincare is your thing. So you mentioned skincare. I will, I will take you up on that. What is your skincare routine? You do not have to mention brands. Um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you do not. Um, so... In the morning, I my tip that I think I read literally when I was a teenager in maybe Glamour magazine or Cosmo, I shower before I brush my teeth and wash my face because so the steam can open my pores, or at least that's what I read some odd years ago. I got so you. I'll put my face cleanser on while I shower. Okay. Um, 
I recently in the past year got super serious about toner okay. um, because I was getting a facial and I use all these things, but was not so into toner. And she was like, you're not using toner. I was like, how do you know that? <laughs> um, and so now I'm pretty serious about night and day toner. I use a serum. I okay. use lots of serums. And then um, I try to, again, something I read in a magazine that I try to hold on to. And, and I separate like my layers by like 20 minutes or more. Like I'll let one, my serum absorb before I add my moisturizer, before I add my eye cream. And I kind of do the same thing at night. And I go back and forth from using retinoids to like the AHA pads. Vitalic acids, et cetera, yeah. And I drink a lot of water. And it's not even something I force myself to do. I started like buying spring water because I started to be like, well, how do I really know if this filters, whatever? Mm-hmm. And so only when I started buying water that I was like, who's drinking my water? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa, I really took a gallon of water a day. Um, and then, you know, later it be- Came, people were saying online that that's not a terrible thing, but I, no. I, I, I don't even have to force it. Like I'm yeah. always thirsty. I'm always drinking water. Well, two takeaways for you on that. I have been doing an informal study. Um, this podcast has been live for, oh, I think this March will be two years. I might, I, I, I may be wrong because I have so much fun doing it. I don't know how long it's been, <laughs> but this podcast has been live for at least a couple of years and I've been doing an informal study. And as you can imagine, I ask many, if not all of my guests, you know, what they do for beauty, what their skincare routine is, and the overwhelming, nearly unanimous common denominator is drinking a lot of water. Yeah. Drinking a lot of water. I did have a guest on the show and, and, you know, people will say, well, how much water? And for me, it's, you know, one and a half to two liters per day, right? Mm -hmm. Um, what if it's eight glasses, 10 glasses, whatever I go by liters, one and a half to two liters. I did have um, a French woman, a, um, an esthetician. Her name is Lois Seguin and she's like a lymphatic specialist, right? A lymphatic circulation specialist. And she said, you can't drink too much water, meaning you shouldn't drink too much water. So that one and a half to two liters is probably where you should, you know, kind of, kind of be at. And I forgot her specific number, but I do remember it was not too much. So mm-hmm. you're on the right track, Dr. Sayi. Thank you. Thank you. This may be the next question may be a bit challenging for you of all of the skincare products that you obviously need every single one of them. What is the one, the absolute one beauty product that you cannot be without? I guess it would be moisturizer. Okay. I'll take it. And again, you don't have to mention the brand, but yeah, that's good. All right. How can you live without moisturizer? I know I'm the same way. Like I lube from hairline to toe tip. (laughs) Yeah, I I recently got into that, but my dog loves lotion. (laughs) And he'll lick me incessantly. Yeah, so. Okay, that's a beautiful dog with good, great taste, obviously. Um, Oh, no pun intended on that. Anyway, it just came out. So, um. Are you a uh, red lipstick woman or clear lip gloss? I am a nudes person. Okay, nude I, lipstick. I have every color. Of course you do. In, in, in case of a fire. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, and red lipstick, 
makes me feel fantastic. Yeah. I always worry that it seems overdone Mm. um, or am am I doing it right? As opposed to nudes being like no makeup, makeup. Yeah. I'm I'm not trying. I'm just me. Yeah. That's why I woke up this way. Sort of an approach. And maybe because there are, so many nudes again it's like you're always on the hunt for the next best nude that it keeps you like you've got to get the other one yeah um so i'm a i'm a nudes maybe light blush but nudes person okay and as for fashion how would you describe your personal style so my gay husband recently informed (laughs) me that my fashion was stuck in the early 2000s Gotta love those husbands. Um, and and I I know that sometimes that happens that that women will lock into like you see those women with beehives and they're just locked into the best era of their life. Yeah. Best era ever. And so that's me, right? A, a night out is heels, jeans, and a graphic tee. Okay. Um, and I believe in the term that he would really like to me to retire a pop of color. <laughs> What's wrong with a pop of color? I like a pop. I know. I like a pop. Apparently, apparently that's not a thing anymore. Oh, no. Oh. Um, so, so that's me, like early 2000s. But I claim it because the girlfriends, you know, when they just came out on Netflix and I was watching it. And that's early 2000s. And yes. every outfit, I was like, that's amazing. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm fine. I'm I'm fine with being stuck in the early 2000s. Right. I accept it and I claim it. So that I I love that. I love that because in my opinion, it's not necessarily about fashion. It's about your own personal style. And if you own it, you, you you're fabulous. You're fierce. Right. Period. End of story. And I and I love shoes. I love. Okay. Shoes. So my next question, um, which I guess you partially answered, but I'll ask it anyway: crisp white shirt or little black dress? Oh, that is a good question. I'm going to say crisp white shirt. Okay. I like it. Now in my office, when I'm seeing patients, I no longer wear the, the white lab coat. I, um, I, I felt that at the same way that it was a symbol of, I guess, my job, my expertise, my professionalism. For me, I just felt that it was um, just like a little bit of a, a separator. Um, do you have a uniform that you wear at work? Do you wear a white lab coat or is there something that symbolizes, hey, I'm the professional here from a fashion or a style point of view or not? Um, well, we're, so most of my practice now is virtual. Um, so I try to, you know, do the usual of dress from the waist up. Yes. Um, and I'm dressed. Yes. For below, but it might be like more casual. Yes. Yoga pants. And yes. Like and when I'm in the hospital, especially nowadays with wanting the comfort of being able to immediately wash my clothes when I get home, I mostly wear scrubs. Yeah. Um, before when I wore clothes and a lot of dresses and skirts don't have pockets. So I would want my white coat yeah. for my pocket pockets. Yeah. Um, but interestingly, I remember being told, especially in psychiatry, don't wear your white coat because you'll be the authority figure and you'll be there ah. separating yourself from the patient. And I'm like, what? 
No, <laughs> I'm a black woman. People still, I'll be operating on people and they'll be like, are you my social worker? Yeah. <laughs> about this white coat sending yeah. any messages of authority yeah. and superiority. Like, yeah. don't worry about that. Um, I need my pockets. And yeah. so when I wanted pockets, I wore my white coat. And yeah. nowadays I wear scrubs with, yeah. you know, now I don't need white a white coat because scrubs have pockets. I have to tell you, even as the surgical chief resident, like I was, you know, the the most senior in the group in training, even with a white lab coat on, they would always ask, you know, the first year resident who was a, a male as opposed to, you know, me. But for me, the white yeah. coat didn't matter. Yeah, white coat, stethoscope, a little blood on your white coat, a tiara. Scrubs. It's still it's the whole thing. Yeah, tiara, you're right. Tiara didn't matter. Like, I am the queen. Exactly. Like, yeah, no, you're not. And how I got around the pockets thing. Um, and, and this is a little bit of an obsession. If I do purchase something that doesn't have pockets, but it has a little bit of volume, I will take it to the tailor and be like, insert pockets. Oh, that is brilliant. I'm ball gown, ball skirt, pants, anything. I'm like, insert pockets. I don't even care what color they are. Insert pockets. That's brilliant. Why have women's clothing, like we have things to carry too. Yeah, exactly. Because I guess they figured they would sell us purses, but sometimes I just don't, I'm not really a purse girl. So I, I prefer pockets. I'm ashamed to admit that um, I might, I may or may not have <laughs> at certain point in my training worn a fanny pack. <laughs> I'm not going to. Well, now there's some fabulous fanny packs. So, we'll you know, that part. <laughs> we may have to edit that out, Dr. C. <laughs> well, I have to say this now is the last question. And this has been a most incredible um, discussion. I don't even call it an interview because you and I shared so much. And again, I, I am so grateful for your time. But this last question is called the Fab Five. And I ask you, Dr. Saeed, what are your top five, top five recommendations for living a holistically fabulous and beautiful life, whether it's related to mental wellness, mental health, or just overall? What are your five top recommendations? And I will write these down. Uh, my first recommendation is for everyone and anyone to understand that wellness is work. That we understand that if you wanted a PhD or a six pack or, you know, whatever it is that there would be some level of effort involved. Yet many people believe or society tells us that wellness is supposed to just land on your shoulder if you're lucky. And if you haven't found it, then there's something wrong with you. But a consistent practice of effort into journaling praying, meditating, whatever your thing is, yoga, gratitude, candles, bubble baths, <laughs> that it is not effortless for you to have peace of mind, especially in these complicated times. And I think people need to get that, that you're going to need to set aside 15 minutes a day or make sure that you're daily routine is constructive and helpful and that you would recommend it to another person. So putting in the work to mm -hmm. be mentally well is, is crucial. Love it. Number two, sleep. 
I can't say it enough. Nothing else works well without sleep. And that idea of like, you know, you can get away or how much sleep can you, how little sleep can you get away with? Or it's the last thing on your mind of going to bed when you've run out of other things to do. Um, that's not a healthy approach. We don't even fully understand why our bodies or nature has set aside a third of our lives for sleep. And we don't fully understand what our brains are doing and everything that it means biologically. But we're coming to understand first and foremost that it is not a passive state. It's right. not like turning off your computer and you turn, you shut your eyelids. Mm. It is active. Your, your brain is doing things, going through phases. We have different phases of sleep, REM sleep. So making sure that you're getting a decent amount of sleep is crucial for a good life and for true wellness. Yes. Agreed. I'm obsessed with sleep. You're number three. Two. Um, relationships um, of all kinds. Right. Your romantic relationships really check into that. Be mindful of a healthy partnership is like I said, it is work. It is not like falling in love or love happens to you or you found your soulmate. But a true functioning, healthy relationship inquires thought, good communication, being uncomfortable, being vulnerable, challenging yourself, break, breaking out of like what you think this person should be able to read my mind or do for me or I do for them. Um, family relationships, getting distance from people who, this idea of like, well, we're related and so we're tied at the hip no matter what you do to me. Um, that's one way <laughs> to, <laughs> but really considering how much distance you need from that person or from any person in your life, even friendships. A lot of I, I, people, but sometimes more women than men go through like a frenemy stage of life mm. or are per, more permissive, just more porous who we're letting into our lives yeah. because, you know, be polite and kind. And, and I've known this person for a number of years, but really being vigilant about pruning and pulling your weeds and whoever doesn't belong in your life take a break, come back to it, or put some distance um, in your life and give yourself permission to do that. And realize that you, especially with a romantic partner, it's very indicative of what you think you deserve. Um, and so being mindful of everyone around you and, and taking that, that inventory um, and not like, you know, being so intent on being too nice that you end up being harmful to yourself. Great. You're number four. Number four would be exercise. Oh, um, yes. And it doesn't have to be exotic or fancy. Walking most certainly counts, especially like getting out and walking in nature. Um, but what we know biologically is that everything in your body just works a bit better with exercise, that exercise ties into your mental health. Yes. But exercise is also, you know, can be like, oh, I don't want to be doing this. And, you know, but it's also like a reflection of what, what you are willing to do for you. Yes, because it can be inconvenient. I don't have time and it, it can suck and I don't feel like it. But it is also the concept of of love being a verb. 
what are you willing to do for you? And exercise, in in my opinion, whatever you can, whatever you have access to, just some amount of movement every day for a few minutes, I think is so crucial to keep everything in balance. So exercise is an act of self-love. Would you agree? I I would. 100%. Number five, Dr. Saeed. I'm going to go with the love part. Love okay. Itself. You know, in, in psychiatry, of course, especially when I'm first meeting a patient, I ask lots of questions, lots of probing, you know, maybe uncomfortable. uncomfortable questions. And they know where they're coming. And so people are generally um, happy to be heard and to explore. And, they, oh, I've never been asked that. Okay, let me think about this. And giving and forthcoming of information and understand, you know, myself as a, a professional and that I'm going to be using this information to help them. And so they're just answering and freely talking about intimate areas of their life. And then when I ask patients, especially when I'm trying to assess for depression, do you love yourself? Mm. I can't tell you how patients behave like they've just been punched in the gut. Like it's such an intimate, oh, I wasn't expecting that question. And like, wait a minute, I don't know. Or it's so embarrassing to be able to say, Either I don't know or I really don't think so. Because the idea of self-love is so assumed yeah. for yourself. What kind of lunatic? But it really shouldn't be. Yeah. As, whether it's mental health issues or the fact that, you know, we're absorbing all these messages about what we're not and how we're falling short and you're too old, too this, too that. Um, so checking in with self-love. And again, love being a verb and thinking about, are you this dinner that you're feeding yourself? Would yeah. you give it to someone else if they came over? The way your home looks, is that how your home would look if your favorite loved one were coming over? Really checking in with that. This job that you're staying in, this relationship that you're in, would you hook this person up with your sister if you weren't <laughs> Really asking those questions that are, again, de demonstrative yeah. of love in action and really making sure that you are in love with yourself and that it shows with at least a couple things that you're doing during the day, even if it's discipline, because that's love, too, and boundaries. That's love. Oh, too. yeah. Um, and not loving another person more than you love yourself, because that never works out. Um, so love, 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 self-love. Dr. Saeed, oh my gosh, you've given so many nuggets. I've been writing <laughs> throughout this entire podcast. All I love the nuggets. Oh my gosh. I am going to give you a B today for brilliance. <laughs> Thank maybe you. even an F, an <laughs> F in front of that B for fabulously brilliant. I'll take it. <laughs> I think it's my first F, <laughs> but I'll take it. But there's a good F. Not all Fs are, you know, F'd up. <laughs> I so appreciate this, this time with you. Thank you. Thank you so very much um, for your time, your energy, your expertise, your love. Um, you're making the world a more beautiful place. Period. End of story. Thank you. Thank you. As are you. As are you. I try. <laughs> this brings us to the close of this week's episode of the Forever Fab podcast with my guest, Dr. Margaret Saeed. Thank you again, Dr. Saeed, for your time and expertise today. 
there's there's so many topics that I'm sure I can pick up on, and we would love to have you back as another guest we if you agree. Back. Yes, you don't have to twist my arm. Before you finish, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. For more information about Dr. Margaret Saeed and her offerings, visit her at margaretsaeedmd.com and follow her on Instagram at 3.minute.shrink. 3.minute.shrink. And you could also follow her on Facebook as Dr. Margaret Saeed. Did I get that correctly? 3.minute.shrink. Yes. I love it. Three minute shrink. And of course, if you want any information about myself, Dr. Shirley Madeira, feel free to go to my website, elementsandgraces.com, and soon to come, a Forever Fab podcast website as well. As always, if you like this episode of the Forever Fab podcast, please share it, love it, don't just like it, love it, and subscribe to the feed. <laughs> and for an online consultation on the go, anywhere in the world that's on your time and on time, every single time, anytime, go to clicklift.com. That's click, C-L-I-C-K-Lift.com. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Forever Fab Podcast. Until next time, stay beautiful, well, healthy, fabulous inside. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty, curated by Dr. Shirley Madeer, MD. Live beautifully and help make the world a more beautiful place.